Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So many Christ followers die years before they die. So many Christ followers die with regrets because they did not step out. You have a chance to be different. You see, if something changes, something changes. And I'm challenging you, get out of that little stinking, selfish comfort zone. Did you ever have an opportunity or felt like God was giving you an opportunity to do something, but you didn't follow through? Do you still feel twinges of regret for not doing it? Those feelings can haunt you and corrode your confidence. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, he'll be talking about how to avoid those feelings of regret. He'll be speaking about pushing past your fears and apprehensions and doing what's clear that God wants you to do. He'll talk about what you need to do to learn to trust God and to look to Him alone, trusting Him for the strength and courage to do what He's called you to do. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 9 as he continues his message, Sent Out Disciples, Greater. See, God's word and promises to Moses stirred up his faith, and he began to see that if he would follow God, God would prove himself to be real. Now, let me ask you a question. Which would you rather have? 40 years of tending sheep, nothing changing. To a Moses who would step out, one day God took his staff God said to Moses, throw it down. He threw it down and it turned into a snake. Then he required him to pick it up. He picked it up and it turned back into a staff. When he got to Egypt, all the supernatural plagues were done by God. Moses got to watch them. As they headed into the wilderness, he freed the people. But guess who came after him? Pharaoh. They were boxed in at the Red Sea. And what did God do to the Red Sea? You've watched the movie a million times. What did he, come on now. What did he do? He parted the Red Sea. Remember my little circle? Here you are, and here's life. How did he get there? By stepping out. And then when they had no water, Moses hit a rock, and water came out, pure crystal water came out for two million people. For 40 years, six days a week they went out, And supernaturally, there was food from heaven. Now, which life would you like to have? Forty years. You say, Pastor Mark, that's like stupid. I'm not saying a thing. 
How did he do it? He had a promise from God and he stepped out. So I want you to write this. Moving out of our comfort zone will eliminate boredom and expand our lives. Once you take a step of faith, and it's just small to start with, then God begins to expand. Once you do that, it will eliminate boredom and expand your life. There's nothing more exciting, more expanding, more challenging than following Jesus on a daily basis. Nothing. In spite of all our difficulties and trials in our life, to be sent out to minister for Jesus is absolutely the best lifestyle in the world. Now, just a moment. I want to share something with you, and I don't want you to take this wrong. Church ministry is never about you. It's never about me. But let me ask you a question. What if when God came to me and my wife and said, I want you to step out, And I want you to go to Melbourne with no guarantees of anything. And I left hospital pharmacy where I was a director for 25 years, worked in a church, taught couples, groups, and whatever, loved life, was very comfortable where I was because I was living a great life. I was traveling. I worked with computers. We established some of the first computers in the whole world in pharmacy. It was amazing. God had given it all to me. But to step out, I had to leave that. I didn't know anything around the corner. Let me ask you a question. Understand what I'm going to say to you. What if Linda and I had not stepped out? Where would you be? Where would the children of Israel have been? Pastor Dave stepped out from a very lucrative position. Pastor Dean, Pastor Bull, Pastor Norm, all of our pastors stepped out and answered God. But see, it's not about a pastor. It's you. When you step out, You bring people to Christ. After church, God did a miracle. Somebody was dying while having surgery, and they didn't think he was even going to come out of it. It happened suddenly. And so I went to the hospital. God did a miracle in him. And I walked in, and in the ICU, and a head nurse was there and said, Pastor Mark, so glad to see you. I love the church. And then I began to talk, and she said, well, I invited somebody else this week. See, that's stepping out of your comfort zone. Why would you invite someone? Because you know following Jesus Christ is the most exciting lifestyle in the whole world. Why would you keep it to yourself? There's a young lady. I could never come close to her. Her name's Corey Timboon. Many of you know her. She wrote this statement. Here it is. Faith is a fantastic adventure in trusting him. In other words, stepping out of your comfort zone. Not because you want to do it. Oh, I think I'd like to be the head of a corporation, so I'll go for that. No, 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 no. It's a promise of God. Faith is always based on a promise from God. God calling you to something. Now, Luke chapter 9. Now, before Jesus sent them out, he gave them two things. These were two essential things. Look at verse 1 and 2 again, Luke chapter 9. We need to understand these. And when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority. You need power. I need power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God. If I'm going to preach, if I'm going to share, I have to have a message. So he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. 
the instructions, Jesus gave them a message. It's the good news. He gave them a message. And then Jesus equipped them with authority and power. Jesus wanted them to be his representatives in the world. Their training and practical experience would equip them to disciple others as they'd been discipled. Let me read to you just a picture of the good news. And there's a million ways for you to present the good news, but I just want to read this to you. What is the good news? There is a God who loves you. You were created to be God's friend, but your sin separates you from a holy God. Even on your best day, your good works cannot bridge that gap. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus to lay down his life on the cross so that all who choose could become friends of God, sons and daughters of God. Today, that resurrected Jesus stands outside the door of your heart. He wants to come in and forgive you of your sins. He wants to come in and bring you the hope of heaven. He wants to come in and become your perfect friend for eternity and life. The choice is yours. You see, there's lots of ways to get there. Why would they have to have a message Why would Jesus send them out? I want to answer that by looking at verse 10. Same chapter where you're at. I'll begin in the middle, verse 10 and 11. Then he took them with him, role model again, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But, uh, circle this, the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Why crowds? Why everywhere Jesus went, why crowds, masses of people? Why in 20 years, when the disciples started in the book of Acts, in 20 years they turned their world upside down, which was all pagan? How did that happen? It has to do with that word we called searching. King Solomon in the Old Testament wrote from God this amazing principle, Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says this, he has planted eternity in the human heart. What does that mean? When you were born, India, Africa, China, the United States, wherever, when you were born, God placed within the heart of every person a sense of eternity, a desire to know eternal significance. From the moment you were born, we're on a quest. We're pre-wired to long for something. That's because every person was made in the very image of God. That means that we can never be completely satisfied with earthly pleasures and physical things. Because we were created in God's image, we have a spiritual thirst. We have an eternal value. We know we're going to live somewhere forever. And we understand eventually that nothing but a relationship with God can satisfy this. When man was created, he was created this. Spirit, the part of us that's real, that's going to live forever, that communicates with God. Soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And last was the body, the physical things of life. 
we were to be in that order. But when man sinned, the flesh, the body part, the physical desires went to the top. And the spirit went to the bottom. When you get saved, it's supposed to go to the top again. So the world without God is searching for satisfaction in the physical realm. More stuff, more money, more jobs, a better reputation in the physical. You can never satisfy a spiritual thirst with a physical thing. But we don't understand that. Solomon went everywhere. A thousand wives in the sexual physical area trying to satisfy him. Didn't satisfy. Well, doesn't he make common sense? What do you mean? What? You can never satisfy that spiritual quest that God has in you with a physical thing. So why did Jesus send them out? Because they were searching. They were hurting. They were trying to find some meaning to life. One day, Jesus stood and he said, I'm the bread of life. If you come to me, you'll never hunger or thirst for purpose and meaning or life. See, it's in him. Now, I want you to write this down. And I'm saying this so you understand that outside these walls, even inside our walls, we have people that are not Christians. Understand this statement. Life lived without God results in emptiness, no purpose, and no hope. No, that doesn't mean that they're not active and they're not doing stuff. Of course they are. But eventually, none of that can satisfy. You cannot satisfy the eternity that God's put in my heart without a relationship. The only thing that will satisfy, make my life mean something, is a relationship with God. So Jesus went there. He had a good message. The message was he could solve their searching problem. That's the same message you have. That's the same message I have. Now, the other day, Linda and I watched something. I, I think I've watched a little bit of it once, never before. Not a bad program. We just don't watch it. It's called Undercover Boss. Some of you watch that, right? Well, the reason I watch it, it was a lady, Kate, who was the CEO of Cinnabon. That's why I recorded it. <laughs> now, just mentioning Cinnabon, your spiritual quotient went right to the bottom and the physical went up there. How many of you can see that icing right now being put on that Cinnabon? How many of you smell it with a fan coming right out to you? Now, man, I should have had a big sucker right here is what I should have done. I did learn one thing about Cinnabon. If you eat Cinnabons, you will have Cinnabons. How <laughs> make it say amen to that? Come on now. Absolutely. Well, I watched her, and the, the whole premise of this is to go and work at Cinnabons. And they don't know who you are, just another worker. Before she went, she talked to another person who had done the same kind of a show with another corporation. It was interesting because he said to her, you're going to cry before you're finished. She was shocked. Well, her background, Kate, she came from a broken home. Her dad walked away. Her mom raised three daughters. They struggled their whole life. Somehow she got this job and educated whatever. So she knows what difficult life is. Hurting, struggling, searching people. So she goes in and the first young girl she came to was a vibrant little gal. She's about, I'm, I'm guessing, 19, 20, 21. And as she got to know them, she doesn't tell them who's here. She's just trying to hear what their aspirations are. Whatever. The girl said this, I'm working like crazy. We don't have a father. My mom's tried to raise us alone. 
We're really struggling. I don't have any money for college. I want to go to college. I'm working at Cinnabon. I'm just struggling. Then my mom gets cancer. She has breast cancer. We have no money for the treatment. She's home. I've become the mother. I have two younger sisters. And she just went on. She wasn't negative. She was just saying, it's tough. It's really hard. So she goes to the next place. And it's a single mom. And the lady's there. She talks to her. And she's in this little shop. And she's vibrant. She says, how are you doing? How's your life? How'd you get here? What's happening? She says, well, I was married and my husband left. And I'm a single mom with three young girls. And she says, I'm tired all the time, but I love this job. I love doing what I'm doing. And I'm just trying to do good for my girls. It's really, really hard. And then she went to a place that they've been there for a long time. There was a grandma. She was like, I'm guessing mid-50s. And so she got to know her. She'd worked at the place like 30-some years. She said, how are you doing? She said, we're doing great. But my daughter got married and then got divorced and had a son. And then she's left. And my husband and I are raising our grandson. He's nine. She said, it's really hard. I'm working constantly. I don't really know how to relate again. And it's just re-. she wouldn't complain. She was just, it's really difficult. And I turned to my wife, and by the way, Kate's then crying like crazy. (laughs) Why? She remembered. I turned to my wife after the show, and don't take me wrong in this. I said, that's a picture of our world. People are struggling. They're hurting. They have no hope. And they don't know what to do. That's also, and don't misunderstand, that's a picture of what sin does. It comes to steal Kill and destroy. That's not the picture God has. He never wanted that. It's going to get worse in our nation. You know that. So when it gets worse, that's actually, in a way, easier for us to be sent out. I want you to write this down and understand why you're being sent out. Hurting, searching people means open doors. See, at some point, those hurting, searching people will come to you. We're the only ones that have hope. That's why Jesus was in the marketplace of life. Everywhere he went, masses of people were looking for hope and help and answers to life. None of those people got married and go, wow, this is going to be great. I'm going to be a single mom with three kids. No, no college student said, I'm going to invention try to help care of my mom, and she's got cancer, and I'm the mother of my younger sisters. No grandmother ever thought, I will raise my child alone because my daughter got married, then divorced, and then she left. They have no hope. We have hope. It's in Jesus Christ. And God comes into these lives, and he begins to bring them hope. We come together as a family. We help them. We encourage them. That's why the Christmas trees. That's why we send gifts to Haiti. That's why you give so we can give. I didn't tell you the end of the story. The couple that God challenged them to give tithing, she just said in the end of her letter, last weekend we got four boxes for Haiti so we can use the blessing God gave us to bless the kids in Haiti. It's never about you getting money. It's about us blessing other people. You don't want to live your life in that circle little teeny circle, your comfort zone? You simply don't. It's time to move out of that. 
It's time for you to realize that God wants to send you out of that little teeny self-circle to touch your world where life really happens. So many Christ followers die years before they die. So many Christ followers die with regrets because they did not step out. You have a chance to be different. You see, if something changes, something changes. And I'm challenging you. Get out of that little stinking, selfish comfort zone. And let's grow together. And let's touch our world for Jesus Christ together. That's what God's called us to do. We're not here to get comfortable ourselves. God will make us uncomfortable so we can comfort those who are hurting. But when we're getting kind of out of our comfort zone, that's where life happens. That's where joy and peace and satisfaction comes. That's when we discover we were made to do what God's calling us to do. I can't do it for you. But how about start really living today by listening Spending time with God and bed. How about taking steps a little bitty faith? Just look for ways. When you go out, you have a message of hope and change. Look for God to open a door. When you speak to people, and eventually you will because there's hurting people everywhere. Notice what you can say to them in a million ways, but you can say to that person, if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God will give you everything you've been searching for. Forgiveness, freedom, security, Purpose, love, acceptance, joy, and heaven. And they might say to you, well, how do you know that? Because that's what you have as a Christian. Understand what we have. You can't buy that. I don't care what CEO you are. You can't buy that. You can't satisfy a spiritual quest with a physical thing. It comes from God. And that's all a gift from God. God chose you. He took a risk on you. And he took a risk not just for you and me, but for us to go out. Understand the urgency of the message. Everyone is going to live in one of two places. They're either when they die going to live with God in heaven, or they're going to live separated God from ever in hell. So the great question eventually as we work with people, you don't start with this. Most people come to Christ after seven or eight times of talking to them. Some come, obviously, but it's relationships. Nicodemus didn't come for a long time after Jesus talked with them. But here's a question that's the greatest question for everybody. Where will you spend eternity? The choice is yours. The church isn't the building. It's the people who still worship Jesus and praise His name, despite whatever obstacles stand in their way. Today, we want to invite you as the extended Church of Jesus to join us virtually for our weekend worship services. Pastor Mark and Calvary Chapel Melbourne are continuing to meet online during this time, and you can be a part of our services. Visit calvaryccm.com live to watch on our website or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku. Just search for Calvary Chapel Melbourne. 
Our services will take place at 6 p.m. on Saturdays and again on Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45. For more information or to find links to our stream, visit calvaryccm.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor Mark's teachings from this series and feel free to share them with your friends and family. We also have devotions available under the Connect tab and you can visit our social media pages as well. All this can be found at our website. Again, that's calvaryccm.com. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask that you continue to pray for our country and for those around the world who are suffering during this pandemic. Please lift them up to the Lord and pray that His name would be magnified in every corner of the earth. Please pray for our leaders as well and for your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.